church. I like your church. Do you like your church? Good. Good. I have to ask this side of young men and women who are really the future of the church. I like to introduce our ministry to you before we, I give you the message. So I am from Egypt, and I'm sure you're familiar with Egypt, the big pyramids, okay, the camels, and uh, Moses came to Egypt, and uh, he stayed, and he took God people out of Egypt. Joseph came to Egypt, and uh, he was spending some time working in uh, uh, Potiphar's house, and then he spent some time in the prison in Egypt. And Jesus Christ came when he was a baby to Egypt. I am from Luxor, which is lower Egypt here, from a little tiny village called West Bank, not in Israel, West Bank in Luxor. So if you come to my village, you have to cross the Nile River to go to this little village, which all the king valleys and the queen valleys over there. So most of the ancient Egyptian stuff in this village. They call it, this village, they call it an open museum city. Because statues, temples everywhere around you. So we used to play hide and uh, seek on the lab of those big statues. Uh, yeah, beautiful small village. Uh, our ministry, we focus on raising leader for the church or for the community. Because, you know, Everything grace and fallen leadership. So leadership is very important. Our main ministry to plant churches, house churches. So we have house churches from the north to the south, Aswan. Okay, so the border of Sudan. And we have 680 house churches with 132 leaders. They really great young men and women of doing that in the Egypt, in the Middle East. And you know the Middle East right now is upside down. The situation is hard politically, economy, and with Islamic religion, it's hard for Christian to leave their Christianity or to show they are a Christian. So we have house churches. So people meet once a week with group of six to twelve people in somebody's house. They worship the Lord. They study the word, have some fellowship time, and then they go out for outreach. That is the main idea. So we form all those house churches we planted, and those people also as a body of Christ has other needs. So as much as we could, we meet some of their needs. So we help young men to start his own business, 
even if it's micro business, raising a, child, uh, raising a chicken or raising ducks or uh, sailing uh, water filter or uh, sailing uh, plastic shoes from door to door. One of the greatest story about Nadi. Nadi, one of the guys who sell plastic shoes from door to door. And uh, in the morning in those little village, only women and children stay at home. So Nadi every day knocks their doors in village and some other small village. And all the women come to buy those plastic shoes. And uh, he takes them under tree and sit and talk about Christ. And uh, form of them some house uh, churches. Uh, distribute uh, children Bible among the children and tell them stories about Christ. And this Rosie's blessing guy, great guy, he goes inside houses and they pray for people. And many people get healed through this guy, through the Holy Spirit in this guy. So this is one of great guys over there. We live in Islamic society right now. Egypt was a Christian country. I don't know if you know that or not. One of the oldest Christian country. I mean, the church building, the first church building in Christian history has been built in Egypt. 400 years after Christ, the first church building in Egypt. But not anymore. We're facing dark time right now in Egypt and in the whole Middle East. Okay? So, you ask me why I'm doing, why I do what I'm doing. When I was a child, we didn't have electricity in our village at all. So my grandfather bring something was amazing at that time for us as a children. He bought a generator and uh, he wired all those kind of things to put lamp in each one house, a lamp, small one. We were happy with the light. Amazing. Because we were scared when we were children of snakes or scorpion. So when the light came, we spend more time together. We enjoy being playing some games, going out. And when I grow up, I thought we live in darkness, darkness of education, darkness of not knowing Jesus. So I thought I will bring the light of Christ to our guys and then to Egypt and we try in the Middle East. Jesus is the light. And wherever there is a Jesus, there is light. And no darkness anymore. So this is how we are and who I am. This is the Nile River. My village in the other side of the Nile River. Beautiful. I encourage you to form a team from this church for short uh, uh, mission trip. And they come and visit us. Maybe we do... Uh, Bible summer school for the children or come and do some sport with our guys. We play good football. 
or a good football player. Not the American one. The real one. <laughs> and we will take you to cross the Nile River to come to our those little beautiful villages. Okay. My message today to you, the title of my message, my message, sorry, we don't have internet connection. Imagine if you wake up in the morning and they said, no internet connection. Or wherever you go around the United States, they will tell you there is no internet connection. You will run yourself crazy. I'm right? <laughs> because we become electronic guy. We have all those stuff and tak 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 tak. We don't talk to each other nowadays. We just play with this stuff. And we think we are doing more connection, but we doing are more isolation. We isolated from one another because of all this little toy. Yeah. I was sitting in one of the airports with some of our leaders and each one has this little stuff. You call it iPhone. And nobody's talking to one another. So I said to myself, what will happen if we wake up in the morning and we have no internet connection? We may commit suicide or die. Or run crazy. How come? Wherever we go, we ask, do you have Wi-Fi? There is a Wi-Fi here? Yes. Even little coffee shop in, in Cairo now all have Wi-Fi. Sometimes we grow habits. We are people, I mean, we all our behavior are just habits. Okay, we have habit for eating, we have habit for talking, we have habit for behaving. Everything is habit. So be careful of your habit. Because you create the habit and the habit will captivate you. I remember I went to London to study English. In Egypt... In my time in the school, we used to study French, Coptic, Arabic, but not English. So when I finished university, they said to me, you have to go to London to learn some English. So I went to London to learn English and to learn another language. That's not an easy task. You know, I like apple pie and the coffee. Do you like apple pie? Oh, I love apple pie. Yes, my mom used to do it. But big one, not just a small one. You have it here. We have the big one. So when I went to London, I used to go to a small coffee shop and sit. And every day, I ask for apple pie and the coffee. And the nice waitress every time. And she starts knowing you. And every day I go, before I say apple pie and the coffee... She brings the apple pie and the coffee. But one day I get sick of apple pie and the coffee and, des- and decide to have something else. So I went to my Iraqi friend, Riyadh, and they said, Riyadh, could you please teach me 
some English food. So I can order something else instead of apple pie and coffee. He said, that's easy. I can give you hundred of those words. I said, no, I don't need hundred. I need one word, a new food. So he said, next time when you go to this little coffee shop, ask for orange juice and ham and cheese. I said, easy. So I went home, ham and cheese and orange juice, ham and cheese and orange juice. Second day, I went to the coffee shop. I know English quite well. I am good. And the waitress came and said, I will buy the coffee. I said, no, I want something else today. What? I want ham and cheese and orange juice. She said, certainly. What kind of cheese do you want, sir? <laughs> I said to her, can I have apple pie and the coffee, please? <laughs> much easier, much easier, yeah. Easy to go your old habit and the old stuff instead of grow. Easy. This is our comfort zone. So I would like today to talk with you about if we lost the connection of the internet or if we lost something. So the message is from the book of Habakkuk, Prophet Habakkuk, chapter 3, verse 16 to the end. So Habakkuk said, I heard and my heart bound, my lips covered at the sound decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of the calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines. Though the olives crops fail and the fields produce no food. Although there are no sheep in the bin and no cattle in the saddle. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He's a crazy. Crazy guy. No food. No sheep. No olive. Nothing in. But he will rejoice for the Lord. If you see it from outside... Your belief is a crazy guy. But to give you some background about when he wrote that, the Babylon people were going to captivate those Jewish people. And he was warning them of what's going on. And he gives them three great advice. And it's with us today. He say, I will wait for the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. And I will rely on the Lord. I'm waiting for the Lord. It's gone. What happened? No internet connection. Okay. Okay. 
You, you, do you need internet connection for that? Okay. He said, I will wait for the Lord. There is a difference between waiting and stay lazy. Waiting, when you wait for the Lord, you do something. You pray. You be ready for the Lord. You read the word of God. You don't just wait. Or stay lazy. Oh, okay, I'm staying when the Lord come. Or when the Lord come, he will protect me. If the Lord come, he will protect me. Okay, we will wait patiently for the Lord. This guy, it's a photo from Cairo. Those kind of guys, thank you, who just sit and waiting for somebody to hire them. But we don't wait for the Lord like this. We wait actively for the Lord. Adil is an example of uh, those guys. Adil was a robber. He used to thieve. He used to break the door and go in and steal people's stuff. And one day Adil came to one of our meetings. And the Lord touched him in a special way. And he decided, I'm not going back to the same road I used to be. And Adel now one of our leaders. And when he preached, he said, I used to break door, but now I break hearts for Christ. He's a poor man. But he enjoys the Lord. He waits for the Lord. He's waiting for his children to grow up in a Christian environment. To wait for the Lord, stand still. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. But you have to wait. It's, it's hard to wait. We want everything now. Now. Not the second moment. Now. I want it now. We have to learn to wait for the Lord. If you live in the Middle East right now, you will say, Lord, just protect me. I don't want anything. But I want to protect us. Because of what's going on. Be still. So, David said, be still and know that I am God. God will come to you. We have a giant God. So if you wait for, the, for the, our Lord, he will come to you. And he will bat your shoulder. And he will meet your needs. You might facing challenge right now. Wait for the Lord. But wait actively. Be active. Be still. Sit and wait for him. And believe we have a giant God. Who protect us. We live in a time when Muslim Brotherhood, if you're familiar with Muslim Brotherhood, 
were control our country for one year. And the first speech from the president at that time, he said, we will be here for the next thousand years. I said, how we can live in a country like this? And in one year, people say, no, we don't want you guys. And they said, if we are not here, we will make the whole country upside down. We burn everywhere. So they burn like 200 church buildings. Some of them are ancient and some monastery. They kidnap some people. But the Lord were there, believe me. We get rid of those guys. This is one of sad stories. This beautiful young woman with three children has been kidnapped by those ugly guys. We're still waiting for her to come back. We're still waiting for the family bonded together. We wait for the Lord. So what we do while we're waiting for the Lord? We're searching for her. We pray for her and her children. We encourage her husband. So don't wait lazy. Wait active. Be active waiting for the Lord. So Habakkuk said, I will not only wait for the Lord, I will rejoice the Lord. Do you rejoice the Lord? If you really rejoice the Lord. You enjoy the Lord? Raise your hand if you really enjoy the Lord. Yes. I believe when we become a Christian, we have a new glasses. We see things in a different way. If we facing illness, jobs cuts, hard time, any challenge, we see it in a Christian way. That is one of the things. We have a new eyes. Our Lord never stop. Nobody can stop Him. So we have to rejoice Him. How we can rejoice in tough time. This guy from my village, he sell lemon. And uh, this is one of the guys I love. Because he always happy. He always rejoice the Lord. So in the morning he sell in the market some of his lemon and then go to the church, house church. Okay. So Paul said, rejoice always. How come? Pray, give thanks, whatever is the circumstance. So for this is God for you in a Christ Jesus. So pray and give thanks to rejoice. Do you give thanks or say ah. there is no internet connection? Thank you, Lord, for that today. I can make new friend. I can talk to my family. I can uh, speak to my friends. I can have more time instead of uh, being addict to this kind of things. I've been more. A person of influence. So rejoice in the Lord. Pray and be thankful. 
just some people from my church, a small church building, who worship the Lord. And that's rejoice. That's joyful time when they come to the church. Come to the church. Don't say, this is a beautiful day. I prefer to go ride my bicycle. Or uh, I may go uh, take a boat and go some, or go for a swimming. I know that's attract people to not to go to the church. Come to the church to enjoy the Lord and rejoice. So, the prophet Isaiah tell us, in that day you will say, I will praise you, Lord, although you were angry with me. Your anger has turned away. So, the anger of the Lord turned it away. So, what will happen to me? Okay, surely God is in my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Imagine yourself trusting somebody and not afraid anymore. You're trusting the Lord. Enjoy the Lord. Rejoice Him. And even if we commit sin for anything, He will clean us. Come to Him and say, Lord, you know my life. You know what I am struggling with. You can take that away. And He will help you to take that away. But you have to do something. So one of the things we do to rejoice the Lord, our meeting. So those guys are very well educated. They meet in their village. They pray, worship the Lord in a hard circumstance society and the area. They read the word, get encouragement from the word, support one another, and then they go out for outreach to bring the light of Christ to other people in their villages. I will rely on the Lord. So Habakkuk tells us he will rely on the Lord. Do we really rely on the Lord? Or we rely on our position with our things we have surrounding us, my computer, my toys, adults' toys, uh, all those stuff, and I feel, oh, I'm relying on that, or on my bank account. I heard the story of uh, a man here living in Spokane in his 80s. He didn't accept Christ as a savior, and he's spending, he's a billionaire in this, what do you call a Spokane? A town? A city? I call it a fatty town. Because it's bigger than a town. So I call it fatty town. Do you accept this, my terminology? <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful town. I like Spokane. I feel more comfortable here than anywhere else in the United States, believe it or not. But when I came here 10 years ago, as my friend Foster mentioned, I really fall in love with Spokane. I feel it's good to raise your family here and good for young men and women to live here. Beautiful city. I like Spokane. 
If I'm living here, I never go anywhere. I, I go for traveling, but I will stick in Spokane. That's, that's me. So I will rely on the Lord. When you rely on the Lord, the prophet Isaiah said, okay, even youth grow tired and weary, and the young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. If you rely on the Lord, He will renew you all the time. If you rely on your stuff, you're getting old. I heard the story of the guy, the billionaire guy who lived here in Spokane and he moved to Seattle now. He is not in a great mood or a right mind right now. He lives in guilt. He lives in fear. You have everything. How come you live in fear? He doesn't have the light to lighten up his darkness. He needs Christ. That is the answer for our world, for our community right now. So if you don't know Christ, please come to him. I said, I don't know you, Lord. I am ignorant guy. Help me to understand you. Help me to accept, to accept you as a, my savior. I will rely on the Lord, not on anything else. This young woman, she is not relying on her stick. She's relying on the Lord. One of greatest leaders we have. With all her physical weakness, but she is great. She moved from house to house, visit sick people. She meets their needs as much as she could. She is a lovely young woman. I, I love her. So in the book of Deuteronomy, he said, He made him ride on the highest of the land and fed him with the fruit of fields. He nourished him with honey from the rock. God will make you like a deer so you can climb all the rock in your life if you rely on him. That's what Moses tells us. It is our God who gives us strength. When you wake up in the morning, say, I'm relying on you, Lord. Give me the strength spiritually. Physically, mentally, and every day, wait for him because he will give you this strength so you can climb all those rocks and you will be in the high like a deer. So this is one of our house churches. Those poor farmers we meet on the farm, on the field, and we pray together. We share the word together. Most of them, or maybe all of this group, they can't read or write the word. And believe it or not, they start now learning some Arabic to have Bible and read the Bible. And that's great. 
And some of them memorize some verses. And that's what all they know. Praise the Lord with all those CDs and the internet. They can listen to hear the Bible in their own language. Remember that. God doesn't always change the circumstance, but He can change us to meet this circumstance. Remember that. If you pray for something, it doesn't mean you will get it. But you will change, or you will accept to wait, or you may think of something else, and this is the answer. Always God answers the prayer in many different ways. But you have to tune yourself so you can receive what is the Lord's answer. I want you to remember what Prophet Habkuk advised us today. First, wait for the Lord. Second, rejoice with the Lord. Thirdly, rely on Him. So when you wake up in the morning or today, when you leave the church, say, Lord, I'm waiting for you. Actively. Lord, I'm rejoice with you. Lord, I am rely on you, not on anybody else or anything else. To enjoy the Lord. It's reminded me of the story of the mango guy. Do you like mangoes? Oh, I like mangoes. I'm from Africa. African people like mangoes. It's very cheap in our country. Come and we will feed you with mangoes. <laughs> the guy were, the story say, the, the guy were selling mangoes. Mangoes, a kilo was five pound. A kilo was five pound. And it was a hot day. Very warm day. And people is just passing him. Mangoes, three kilos was ten pound. Mangoes, but nobody give him an attention. Everybody run home because it's hot outside. So after a while, he's crying to sell his mango. He got thirsty. And then he grabbed one of his mangoes and eat it. And all the mango goes in his shirt and the juice of the mango. And ah, that's good. So he grabbed another one. And then the third one, while people is passing him, they feel they need to get some of this mango. So a kilo, two kilo, ten kilo. Okay, and he finished all what he has. You know why? Because he was enjoying mangoes. If you don't enjoy Christ, how you can make others enjoy Christ? If you don't enjoy your church, the body of Christ, how you can bring people to the church? If they see you the same, not a happy person, not relying on the Lord, not waiting for the Lord, how they can get influenced by you? So I ask you today, to follow the advice of Prophet Habakkuk. First, wait for the Lord. Second, rejoice the Lord. Third, rely on Him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You. You are a great God. We thank You for this beautiful day. We thank You for paying our price on the cross. We thank You for this church. We thank you for the pastor and the people, the body of Christ. 
We thank you for bringing me here and share your word with our people here in this church. I thank you. I thank you. We pray to the people back in the Middle East today. Lord, I ask you to bless each one in this church in your special, your special touch and meet our needs physically, spiritually, mentally, and socially. And even remind us if there is no internet connection or if we didn't have food or anything we need, we will wait for you, rejoice in you, and rely on you. I ask all of that in Jesus' name. Amen.